Coffee with Humans is live, candid conversations between strangers who become friends. Made possible with your support. Subscribe, share, and comment on your favorite platform. Get Coffee with Humans mugs and more. Links are at coffeewithhumans.com. Thanks for joining me. We are live once again. Coffee with Humans broadcast internationally with my new friend Eugenie Drakes. Eugenie, welcome to Coffee with Humans. Thank you very much, Jason. It's a pleasure to be here. I am excited to have you here. I know very few things about you, uh, which really is the essence of Coffee with Humans, that uh, we we get to meet each other in this space with the intention of creating a better place, uh, you know, better better world for all of us. Um, and I own, I know from I'm going to go out on a here from your accent and your and your telephone number, you are not in the United States. Uh, as I am. I'm in I'm near Chicago, Illinois. Where where whereabouts in the world are you? I'm in Johannesburg, South Africa. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. I, I isn't isn't it fascinating that we get to connect in in this virtual space? This would not have been possible 20 years ago. Jason, you know, I keep on laughing about it. And again, I'd be you, um, at the age of 70, which I am, and I'm actually excited by it because instead of me feeling I'm going downhill, I've actually decided I'm going to have a whole new life this, for these next 10 years. And um, so I come from the days where where we had uh, connected with switchboards. I grew up without television. There was no such thing as television. Um, and I was saying to somebody the other day that I was a connector and I felt like a switchboard operator, but those old switchboards where you plug things in and you pull people out and pull out. Um, and he sent me that to use on my profile. And I said, I can't use it because I work with a lot of young folk and they're not going to understand what that is, which led me to Googling because I remembered seeing a photo, a, a video of um, a couple teaching this, uh, trying to get their 17 year old children to work out those dial telephones. And it was the most hysterical thing. About five minutes later, the kids still didn't know what. So for me to be able to speaking to be speaking to you in the US with listeners all over the place, I find really exciting. Isn't that fascinating? I I find it exciting too, because the the there are so many cultures worldwide and 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 we can be exposed to them in, in almost instantaneous ways now. Uh, and I, and I find it so enriching. It's, I mean, it's, it's personally enriching for me. Uh, and, and I would, and, and you've, and like you talk about, you know, you've been through, you've been through a lot. You were, you grew up without television. I grew up with the television being shut off at night because they stopped broadcasting, you know, at a certain time. And I don't know why, like, why, why would they do that? People had to go home, didn't go to sleep. I don't know. And and now it's like 24 hours a day, seven days a week on thousands of stations, it seems, uh, yep. of which of which now this is like, ironically, this is kind of like, a you know, a television station now. I'm, I'm also quite enjoying it, you know, I think um, because we've been forced to be online so much. Um, it's very interesting for me because I think it's given a whole different dimension to humans, to humanity. You know, if you look, for example, at, at when we were in hard lockdown and people working from home, there were mothers with children, there were families, there was, and you can actually see people in a different context, in different context. I mean, you're with me in my living room. Yeah. 
Totally. And I, and I agree were, with you. you I was on a conference call the other day, yesterday. Oh, sorry. Carry on. So I was on a conference call yesterday with a um, somebody doing business with me. And uh, and all of a sudden, we're, we're, we're getting off the call. And she's like looking off screen and she starts chuckling. And she says, I'm sorry, I've got my eight-year-old here. And, you know, this eight-year-old's like just kind of like moving in from the side. <laughs> Like this, and you know, and everybody's like, "Hi, hi!" And that's it. And I, I, I believe this idea of virtual, you know, virtual work and virtual connection uh, lends a bit of humanity to, to us as humans. It exposes uh, elements of our life that normally we would just like leave at home, and then we go to work and do our do our business thing. You know, put on our business hat, and then yeah. take our business hat and go home. When, when in fact, we're not designed to live probably that disconnected because uh, we are holistic beings. And I think it's brought, I think it's healthy or can be healthy when we use the virtual work and virtual connection to, to invite, um, you know, in, in, uh, live holistically and, it, and, and live with some sort of, uh, I think a, a new level of balance that, um, uh, I, th I think is healthy. I do. And you know what I've, I've done just recently is being on zoom calls, um, there might be somebody on the call that I don't know that I've never met, but I'm curious about. And I will, I have reached out to a number of them and said, can we have a coffee chat? And we've had, I mean, it's been with, it's been really, really interesting. And they're people I would never, ever have come in contact with. Yeah. Is that, so I'm curious, why did you choose to click the button to have coffee with me? First of all, I love the title, Coffee with Humans. I love coffee. I can't survive without my coffee. And it was also the, it was the humans, because I think, I think that what COVID has done is it's kind of separated us all at many levels. I also think that the world in a, is, is in a situation where we've lost our humanity. So for me, it was just that the human um, level for me was really interesting. And then, and when I watched you, I thought, I'm sure this guy is curious and I thought he's, I'm sure he's mischievous and I'm both. So we've got something in common. I think you're right. You read me, you read me well, if you thought I was curious and mischievous, both of those things are totally true. And I'm thrilled that you, that you look at this idea of coffee with humans, the title of it, and, and you connect with the idea of humanity and being human. Because I, 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 the the name just kind of sort of came to me. It just kind of birthed out of my soul in a way. And I, I know that sounds like you know maybe my I, I don't know. It sounds weird, but it did. It just like I came kind of came out as like coffee with humans. And the and and I was I was I used the word humans, or I, I believe it came in such a way that because I was looking at everybody wearing wearing different masks almost and i've done that too like live with this idea of a different mask and then take that off be this mask and then take that off be this mask it's like stop it like if when you take off all the masks we are so similar especially uh, even across cultures we are all humans we have different experiences but at the end of the day we are so similar uh, and 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 we have the ability to connect when we, when I think in real ways and make a real positive difference for each other, when we take off the facade and get down to something that's real. Jensen, you've actually made the hair on, um, on my arms actually stand out because that certainly has been a very big part of my life. Um, I'm, I've been involved in the creative industries for the past 35, 40 years. 
Um, and a good part of that was working in the handcraft sector. So I have been really blessed and privileged to work in rural communities, doing basic business training, market-driven product development, and access to markets. And I had a retail outlet, which was kind of my testing ground. And it fascinated me because we kind of did higher end. And for me, it was always the story, the story, the fact that fascinated me and the cultures that fascinated me. And often when I saw the, 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 our guests or our customers fall in love with an item that I know had been made in the middle of nowhere by illiterate people, but really amazing, amazing people. That always used to, for me, be joy to my heart. And I mean, there were many, many stories. I remember one um, when um, Mrs. Obama was out in South Africa. They got gifts from our store for Mrs. Obama. So for me, the thing also was to, to take that to the groups that make so that they can understand the impact they're having on the world. This was a, an amazing group of very rural, traditional living people. So I sent them a message to say, just to let you know, Ms. Mrs. Obama bought some of your products and this is what she brought. I get a thing back saying, what's Obama? And I thought, actually, why should they know, number one? And number no. two, why should they care? But right. again, that means the two realities that are such worlds apart. I love it. I absolutely love that. It's, it, and I agree with you, this idea of story and the human story, the human connection, we all long for a very deep and real human connection. And we get caught up in the idea of like, oh, well, it is, you know, Mrs. Obama and she's somehow special and set apart. It's like, wait a second, she's playing a role that might be special and set apart, but she's just a person. Completely. And, and she's, and, and if she's buying these products, she's looking for that storyline. And I agree with you on the other side, this, that, that connection, why should they, why should they care about the role? Why should, why do we care so much about roles that we play when, when in fact we, we long for something deeper. We are, we are, we, we, we live our lives either pushing, like being afraid of something deeper or pressing into something deeper. We don't, it's not when nobody ever sits in the middle. It's like, well, maybe we'll go deep. It's like, we either push it away or we, or we like desperately hold on to it. Well, it's interesting that the interesting thing for me, um, is actually the, the, just the, 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 the way rural communities and rural people will work. I know had I had Mrs. Obama with me, with them, they would have connected in a heartbeat. Hmm. Would have connected in a heartbeat. And often you could go in, particularly if I was working with a group that I hadn't worked with before, I would go in and I knew the minute I got out of my car and taken the first four or five steps, the people had decided how far they would let me in. Really? H how so? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I think for me, when one's living close to nature, you're in tune with nature and you read things very differently from what we do. 
So it's the way you walk. It's the way you stand. It's how you're dressed. I always, you know, out of respect, used to make sure. So, for example, many of the cultures don't like women wearing trousers. So I would always wear a dress. And what I would also do is I would also find out how to greet in the language um, and kind of try and read a little bit about culturally what their norm is so that one could do that. And then what I would also do is I would wear an item, a piece of jewelry or an item of clothing or something that reflected their culture. Okay. So you, you made yourself approachable by, by sort of shedding your own culture to some degree to be accepted into their culture, to lower the barrier really of entrance into that society. For me, for me, in many ways, it was actually, it was actually, I am the foreigner. I am the outsider. What do I need to do in order to kind of let them open the door for me? And a lot of the time, I mean, we worked with a group of, of artisans in, in Swaziland and they did grass weaving with baskets and their work was not exciting. And so we decided what we would do is we would do a basket weaving competition with them. And one of the things criteria was they had to use three colors to start getting them motivated. Anyway, we ended up with all these baskets and I looked at the, I looked at the team and I said, how are we going to judge these baskets? I know, I know which basket I like, but I have no idea how to judge this. And it's, it's a tricky thing. So what we did is we got in three of the master weavers and we asked them to teach us how they basket. We then went through the judging process ourselves. We then got the master weavers to come in and judge and the same baskets won. And the beautiful thing for me about that is that gave us a methodology on which to teach and to buy. So there were five checkpoints on it and the crafters knew that a basic basket, they would earn say $20. If those five criteria were there, they would get more for that basket because the value of that basket was more. So what it actually did with hindsight is it pushed quality control back to the weaver and it made the buying process much easier. Because that is, everybody knew what they were being judged on. So again, wow. often the wisdom and the, you know, those things came, came from the people themselves and it translated into an amazing opportunity that served what the market need was. Wow. That is insightful. I mean, that's, that's deep stuff to, to, uh, be be dealing with. I think a lot of people, especially, you know, I don't know, the American culture is a pretty consumer driven, uh, consumer driven society where we are, we just buy stuff just to throw it away sometimes, which is absurd, I think to me. And, and two generations ago, that was not the case. Two generations ago, you know, people bought stuff, held onto it and would keep it forever and, and didn't have so much. And at the end of the day, didn't have so much stuff and they fixed the things that, that needed fixing. But today it's just like, wow, you know, the fashion, fashion changed and boom, we got to buy next, next year. And then, oh my gosh, my, you know, my widget broke. And instead of gluing it back together, it's like time to buy another one. And 
And I feel like we're, we live in a throwaway society of where quality isn't, isn't really not the issue. And we don't even know what makes a good, a good product in a lot of cases. And yet you're dealing with, um, in this, in this instance, at least it sounds like you're dealing with a society that's, that's making something that's valuable to them. Uh, and they have considerable standards and then you're, you're overlaying on, on a, a buying process so that you can bring that to market and then, and then, you know, provide economic value back, back to that culture, exposing their culture and their standards and upholding those in a way from, from the manufacturing process on forward. This, the sad thing for me is that, um, Plastic and China have infiltrated many, many, many of those people. And mm. um, so a lot of them are no longer making, because a lot of the product is actually were utilitarian products. But why would I weave a basket to make beer in when I can actually go and buy a plastic pump to do it? So um, fewer people are doing it. But what for me is really interesting is that there's a fantastic, exciting new thing happening here. And I think it's also, um, it's also because for me, Africa's time is now. So there's just been a collaboration with um, a young designer and um, furniture makers, but they craft beautiful furniture and traditional Zulu basket weavers. And they made a bench went to Paris for a, an exhibition. So the designer designed, the woodworkers made, and the weavers had to weave the back of this bench. It's called the Slabisa bench, which um, is the name of the town that it came from. And the family that were involved in it are master weavers. So it's actually what it is doing now is that that's shifting it into a totally different level. And that for me is really exciting. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's ma ma the idea of a master craftsman is lost in a lot of, in a lot of, uh, manufacturing now. Um, yeah. it, it, and, and a lot of, you know, at least in the States, a lot of things have been moved off to automation. And, uh, and I, re I remember I worked at an automation company a long, long time ago and, and, and Harley Davidson, uh, the, the motorcycle manufacturing company. Uh, makes, you know, they make high-end motorcycles and they have these, these pinstripes that they paint along the the tanks, the gas tanks and the fenders. And the they would train a person for six months to paint the pinstripe on that yeah. tank, um, which is a real problem if you have turnover in your business, you know, employee turnover, because you, you, you now have a six-month ramp-up time to be able to get a quality tank out. And so they wanted robots to do it. And yeah. And we actually had a problem with robots even doing it, it because the way that robots were programmed at the time, um, even a, e, e, uh, switching the program between drawing something circular or drawing something elliptical would would pause the would pause the arm for just just like a millisecond, and that was enough to create a little blob of, of paint that was now unacceptable according to Harley, Harley qualities. And so uh, there was a whole reprogramming. Uh, process that got put in place to uh, custom made to allow the painting of these tanks, but it begs the question of if if a robot can do it, and you can just buy more robots and push out more product, is it valuable? 
or does that decrease the value? Because you don't even, you don't need a master craftsman anymore. You just need to buy another robot and plug some software in that to me, I think, I, I believe it pushes away from the human element and it actually undermines our, our, it undermines what we want to do with our lives, which inherently, I think we ever, everybody wants to create something that's meaningful or many people want to create something that's meaningful in the world. Uh, and, and something with our fingerprint on it, right? Something that's lasting, something that's memorable for us. And we actually make decisions against it by, by choosing, uh, by choosing against the idea of being a master craftsman. Why shouldn't I be a master, you know, why shouldn't I be a master craftsman and create some fantastic basket and spend hours and hours doing it and charge a lot of money for it? Why, why, why do we not, why do we not respect that anymore? And, and is that shifting? I think the younger generation certainly are. I mean, I think the younger generation that, uh, you know, the Gen Zs and, and below are, are much more, um, you know, ecologically conscious. And I don't think, I mean, if you look at the minimalist movements, um, in my day, there was no minimalism, you know, minimalism was, it was to have, to have, to have. And people today are shedding, shedding, hmm. shedding, shedding. And, you know, um, if I look at if I look at the way my children live, they live much more with much less than what I grew up with and what I lived with. And even myself, I mean, my big thing is that I've got a I've got a vision of reducing my life to two suitcases. I would love to have my computer, air tickets, and two suitcases with everything that belongs to me in them. Wow! When did you Where when did you, did you start them? that? Well, what, when did you start making that shift? I mean, you're, you're, so you're 70 years old now and you've got this, you know, we titled this chat living, living in two realities worlds apart. It's, it seems to be that you, you not only have been on this path, but there might, was there a fundamental shift in your thinking at, at, at some point in time where you're like, I gotta, I gotta set myself up somehow differently going forward. You know, Jason, I think for me, it's the whole, it was the whole COVID thing that, that really for me has been a very positive um, experience. You know, I'm not, uh, I, I really am not um, doing or putting down or you know, trying to make small the impact, the negative impact and the hurt and the harm, et cetera, that COVID has had. But I do believe that it's had brought many gifts. I mean, when I went into lockdown and I'm really, you know, mindset for me is really important. Mindset can make you or break you. So when we went into lockdown, I thought, I, 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 this is either going to break me or I am going to, I'm going to break it. So I went in with a mindset that I am now going on a retreat. And I'm going to be in the space for I'm not sure how long. But the beauty of the space is that I have my cat. I have a beautiful garden. And I can do what I want to, when I want to, how I want to. And for somebody who was out and about and doing all sorts of things all of the time, it was difficult because I, I felt trapped. I was irritated by it. I was fearful, you know, all those things. But what it did is I spent a lot of time online. And, you know, my son, again, my son's, I've had many teachers, but my son once said to me um, something about, Mum, I live, you must understand, I live my life on Google. So I went home to try and work out what the hell that was. 
Well, I now know that you don't need telephone. You don't need roadmaps. You don't need any of just, I spent a lot of time in Google, you know, with Google. And I think for me, it was just that one of the advantage of this, what have I learned? Um, you know, how does one look at things differently? I, you know, for me, the one thing that came out of it was, um, I've got a saying, which to me is wealth is the feeling of abundance triggered by gratitude. Poverty is the feeling of scarcity triggered by the fear of loss. Hmm. And those both came to me strongly from working with a Wow. So, so again, it was, yeah, it was, and it, it, it is mindset. It is. And, and for me, it's the human connection. What did I miss? In fact, what did I miss most? When we were isolated, we were not allowed to go out. Cappuccino, a cappuccino from a coffee stall and my grandchildren. Those were the two. But I'd made a whole lot more, I'd made connections with people. I'd been able to experience things that I wouldn't have. I'd spent time investigating. My curiosity took me all over the place. I mean, but we wouldn't have it not been for that, Jason. You and I wouldn't be having this conversation right now. That's totally true. I would not have coffee with humans if it weren't for COVID. And I, and, you know, with within the description of our chat, you know, we talked about this, the idea of the gift, you know, the gift of COVID and, and it really, it was a gift, depending on how you look at it. Um, the, I was, I was walking around a memorial the other day and actually I want to just give a shout out here to Guy who's, who's listening uh, on YouTube. I believe we all essentially crave items that have a backstory, not just mass, not just mass made products. And I think, I think he's right. I think we all at the end of the day really want something of meaning and value and uh, how we go about doing that is, you know, is, is different for all, for all of us. So uh, I, was, I was walking around a memorial the other day for a war, actually, that, um, you know, years ago. And, and they had, they had a, 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 an audio clip that played. And it was a, it was a gentleman you know, talking about the, the sound of helicopters. He's like the wop, 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 wop sound of helicopters. And, yeah. and he said, you know, I, he says, what a welcome sound that was when the helicopters came because we knew we were going to get food. We knew we were going to get supplies. We knew we were going to get safety. We knew we were going to get uh, brought out. We knew there was going to be medical attention. We knew that somebody was on the way to help us. And in that moment, I was thinking that that's, that's only, that's one side of the story. That's just one, one picture. The other side is the wop, 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 wop means disaster and danger and death and destruction. And, and it really does depend if we look at something like COVID, a, a global event of un, really kind of an unprecedented magnitude, uh, it's a global event and the two sides of that are either this is a gift to be, to be used in some way, or this is something to be, to, you know, to, to, for our destruction and danger and hide out. And I'm convinced, and it sounds like you are too, that, that in all of these things, such as like COVID, we, we, we can use we can use those things and see them as gifts. And when we see it that way, we create something good. And when we don't see it that way, we create something bad. A hundred percent. 
a hundred percent. And to me, it's that thing about the difference between moving away from something or moving towards something. So for me, it's that thing, you know, we, we have that choice and not, you know, not choice doesn't necessarily always bring pleasure. Sometimes there's hardship that goes with it. But again, what, what is it that one would want? To me, I'd much rather move towards something because at many levels, I then have more control than moving away. You run away to what? Right. Absolutely. That's a great lesson in that. There's a lesson, there's a great lesson in knowing what, what you want and working towards it rather than knowing what you don't want. And because if, if you're, if you're just pushing away from something, there's a world of opportunity of things that you could get involved in, none of which is necessarily going to lead you to the place that you want to go. Instead, yeah. define where you want to go, go live out of that. And that, that I think leads to a more profound life. And like you talk about, you know, there are circumstances that come upon each of us that we didn't ask for, and we have to roll with. Uh, and so even though we're moving forward, you know, in our goal, we're simply, we're, we are uh, uh, maybe setting the odds up in our favor. And, and at least, at least uh, setting a paradigm or a, a mindset where what, when things come into our lives that we didn't ask for, we're prepared to use them in a positive way for our benefit and the benefit of those people around us, which is, you know, that's, you know, for our viewers and listeners, you know, coffee, coffee with humans uh, is live candid conversations with strangers who become friends. And Eugenie and I just met uh, probably about a half hour ago. And we've been talking about uh, some about her life and, 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 and what she's been involved in, in, in South Africa. And then also uh, we're, we're now talking about COVID and, and how, you know, we wouldn't be in this space had COVID not happened. And, you know, if you hadn't taken your respite, you know, and, and uh, kind of taken, uh, not a vacation, but uh, taken a moment to just rest and reconsider. Uh, and had I not, you know, our lives would be dramatically different than they were 12 months ago. Completely. It's also for me, I could sit and complain that I've been isolated. I haven't been able to go out and do the things that I used to meet. But here I'm having a conversation with you. And in fact, it's actually much nicer in many ways than going to a function and speaking to people you already know or thinking, can I go and speak to that person? Should I? Whatever. I mean, here we are having a, a fact. I'm, I'm really enjoying the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. And, and, and I think, I think that really does underscore the idea of it. You see what you're looking for. And if you see, if you're looking for something good, you will see something good. And if you're looking for something bad and struggle and pain, you'll see something bad, struggle and pain. And, and it really is just two sides of the same, of the same reality. Absolutely. I think the other thing also is to get out of your mind and into your heart and do what excites you. I've seen many shows, you know, similar to yours, but it was the coffee with humans and your energy that was what made me say, I'm going to do this one. When did you, uh, have you always lived with that concept of, of, you know, do something to love, move with your energy, look, look for those kind of flow into where the river's flowing? Or, or have, have circumstances in your life brought that, uh, that about for you? I think circumstances in my life have brought that about for me. Um, and again, I'm, I'm 
better off for it. I mean, I really believe that I'm blessed. But I think that the other thing also is is age. You know, when I got, when I turned 70, I kind of thought, geez, like, I'm 70. But what does that mean? So what it means is I have a piece of paper which puts my birth year 1961. I have a body which feels 85 some mornings when I try and get it out of bed, but my heart and spirit are 23, 24. So what is this? So I had a conversation with myself and I said, this is going to be the next 10 years. This decade is going to be the decade where you do what you want to, when you want to, how you want to, while you are making the difference you want to. So again, it's, it's an attitude. It's an, I, I believe firmly it's an attitude. And again, that bore out when I was sitting with 360 pluses for vaccinations and I looked around and I thought, hell no, this is not my tribe. I don't want to be here. I do yeah. not belong here. Jab me and let me go. <laughs> that is awesome. I, I can see that too. I mean, I, I, I get a glimpse of your energy and I, and I, and I'm just kind of envisioning, you know, you're, you're telling this story about, uh, you know, about having a shop and having some products that were manufactured, you know, by by people who who you know we see on movies or something like that or documentaries, and uh, and I and I can see you out, you know, in on on the planes and in the heat and 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 engaging deeply, richly with life. And I can also see the contrast of like herds of people like, like, well, we got to, you know, hunker down. We got to, you know, got to de-risk ourselves. And, and I, and I feel like you, I, I can see how you would have been like, hell no, this is not me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing this for the rest of my life. No, hell no. <laughs> oh, my hip, I had this operation and my hearing aid, this, and I'm going, Oh, oh no, I've, I've worked with people that have real things to worry about. Baby shoes, you've got nothing to worry about. Change your mind. Oh, and I guess right. so I'm, I'm, I'm blessed. I've got, I've got fabulous grandchildren. And to see the world through their eyes also is just extraordinary. I mean, I had my, I had my three-year-old grandson. I was looking after him. And he was with me last night and I had a friend to dinner. In fact, guy that's on the phone, on the, on the call. And he had a big tub of Lego and the two of them, I actually was babysitting in inverted commas, two kids last night. They were having an absolute ball. When last did you play like a child? And it's oh, so yeah. fun to play like a child. It's so, it, you know what, it really... It really is. I'm I'm 43, and I and I've uh, and I'm again. You nailed it right out of the gate. You know, I'm a pretty curious guy and all a little bit mischievous, and and always have been and make and not not uh, not ashamed of it at all. And 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 I've always kind of dug into like what is the real raw experience now to just get involved in, and and I and I and I always I always felt a little detached. I think from life, kind of like I'm kind of sitting on the outskirts and, and I, and I got to like perfect it to get like deep into it and then do all this stuff. And I've done a lot of, I've done a lot of things and it's been 
somewhat successful and somewhat terrible and failures at the same time. And I re and I, and I've gone through some transitions in my life that have really allowed me to step in, like wipe away some of this, some of the, uh, uh, like, I got to figure this out perfectly and really jump in and be part of the experience like a kid sitting there, like, just like, this is the only thing that matters right now that we play with these toys and why the hell not? Because what, like, why would, why would we not engage in that moment, you know, like a child or with a child instead of overcomplicating, overcomplicating life. And then looking back and going, you know, what was it all for anyhow? So we can stand in line and get vaccinations and complain about our hips. Yeah. I think, I think what it also is, Jason, is I think it is that thing that we, we need to shift from our minds into our hearts. So if our minds, uh, you know, it was not coming into this. I thought, geez, like, Eugenie, what are you doing? You know, and I thought, you are having a conversation with a human. That's all. That's all it is. Why do you want to make it any bigger? Talk to me about and shifting from your mind into your heart, because I think you might know something about this. Having lived a life and also having this, this particular personality that I think enables you to see these things that other people don't see. Talk to me. What is this mind in the heart and how do you feel that? You know, I think it is that thing about whose voice is it in my head that's, that's, that's speaking. Whose voice yes. is in our head? And, and, you know, again, it's that thing about not letting the past make your decisions for you today. So is this something you were taught? You know, I remember when I, when I had my, my, my children who are similar ages as, as, as you, um, there were things that I did that just didn't feel right to me. And then I realized I was parenting the way my mother parented me. Not me. I'm not my mother. So again, it's what do I feel in my heart and gut that is right for me? And that's what I'll do. And again, it's whose, whose script are you fulfilling? Have you written this script for yourself? Or is it somebody else's script that you're fulfilling? So in that moment, so let's, let's call it this way. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a 43-year-old guy. I'm looking at writing a script for my life, uh, like other folks, probably in this middle-aged range where, you know, we, we, we tend to be pre-programmed biologically to just go through these big shifts of perspective and like, let's reassess all of it. Let's reassess everything. Um, we, we, it, it seems that that script writing is a difficult process because it there's a, there are there are pressures that push against it like you know you say hey you know i raised, raised my kids like my mom and maybe because you didn't want to hear your mom go ah you shouldn't be doing that and then and i think it, as as we transition it seems to me as we transition through age that eventually we get to a point or are offered the opportunity at a particular age to look back and say it was okay that you wrote your own script because it, we all kind of want to write our own script, but we believe it's not okay. And then after we live it, having rewritten it, ha having looked back, we go, oh, that, that was totally fine. And that was the absolute right thing to do. Good on you for writing your own script. Or, or we look back and go, I should have written my own script. Why did I do all this stuff? Why did I play it safe? Why didn't I go out and do the things I wanted to do? Is that true from your, from your perspective? I, I believe it is. I believe it is. I mean, for me, it's, it's also that, you know, I do what I want to do because 
because I can. And we all have that choice. And we're sitting, I, if, if something is not, if something is not comfortable for me, I will leave. I will stop doing it. Um, you know, if it's a platform I'm working on or whatever, and it, it, we seem to be going in different directions, I'm not going to stay there. But it sometimes takes courage because what happens is you might need to jump uh, overboard and not know what is coming up next. But, but for me, it's that thing of at least I can, I can make peace with myself. I'm more comfortable than, than this. My head will tell me you're crazy, but my heart and my gut are saying, just do it. Just do it. And do you think the heart and gut are, are uh, truth tellers? 100%. 150%. I've been working just recently um, with a number. It was a bee I got in my bonnet about story, the power that lies in our story. So I do a lot of small um, people mentoring and, and, and small business mentoring. And the first thing I do is I get my mentee to tell me their story, their life story. Because within that lies your truth. Within that lie many gifts um, and many um, pointers. I never thought of doing that. I, I'm, I was working with somebody the other day. He does podcasting, he does video, he does all of, and technically he's fantastic, but he has such a gentle, strong beingness. And after our conversation, I said to him, you must be the one that is actually doing the connecting with a person. Let somebody else do the tech stuff. There are 10 million techies out there and you make a video, you know what I mean? You press the button. I don't know, but I mean, it doesn't, but you have something special and unique. He said, but how did you know that? I said, but it's in your story here, here, here. <laughs> and it's, very, it's very interesting because, because again, at the end of our conversation, he said, gee, I never thought of that, you know? I came from a broken family in a broken, small town. And I said, because you're, you came from a broken family, because you came from a broken town, does not mean you, can, you need to stand small. You can stand tall. The world needs what you have to offer. Can oh, yeah, absolutely. I, absolutely. And I, I think I... I I so love, I so love that story. Um, and it's, there's so much hope in that, I think, because what I've experienced in my life is, is uh, I tell people my superpower is seeing people and I don't know how it happens. It just is. And I can, I can nail that in 30 seconds if I felt like it. And sometimes it takes me a little bit longer. And, and I was talking, I was talking with a guy the other day who, who uh, was, he wanted to be a coach. And he was going to, he was talking about mindset, you know, and, and he's an ultra marathoner. Uh, and I, and he, he went on and on about coaching and, and, you know, I think, I think power lies in the mindset and, you know, you can, or if you think you can and that type of stuff. And I was like, I gotta, I gotta tell you, that's coaching 101. Uh, you're the same as everybody else means nothing. 
Um, and I said, I said, so here's what I, I said, so here's what I see. I see that you, you actually know how to run ultra marathons and you're an expert in this. And I said, and if you led with this idea of, Hey, I, I went from a broken, you know, person with limited, with not understanding my identity and sitting on the couch to ultra marathoning and finding purpose in, in pushing myself to the, to my body's limits. Of course, like I can show, of course I can help you. I, you know, along that path. Um, I was like, I'll, I'll believe you in that. I said, because there's, you don't, there's no power in anything else. You've got to get back to this idea of what, what, what is the path that you've been on? The only person who can speak confidently about going a certain direction and, and saying, Hey, that's the direction you should go is a person who's been there. Everybody else is just like, hey, you know, I think it says this way and, and it, it holds no weight. And I believe I'm, I'm with you on this. I believe that we, people communicate at a deeper level than we understand. And when, when we speak with assertiveness, with strength and authority from experience, that cuts through. It cuts through all of this other shit that's going on that we layer on top, you know, about like, if you think you can, you can. It's like, yeah, that's, that's true. But like, what then? You know, and I, and I, to I totally believe that we have to honor, we have to honor our story and then bring it forward because somebody needs to hear it. Very, abs absolutely, absolutely. And I think it's also, um, Jason, you know, I think it's that thing for me that, sure, we, it's very difficult to, for me to be objective about me. I see things, I see probably the rough bits and the painful bits. Whereas other people see something different. And if to reflect that back to somebody is really powerful. It also enables you to meet them halfway and you can meet them. You know, to me, that formulaic stuff does not work. In fact, Amenti and I were having, were having hysterical laughter the other day because I said, I don't know how I'm going to put this conversation into a report. He said, it's your problem, not mine. <laughs> oh, I love it. I, 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 I think I, I, um, I believe that you'd speak with so much wisdom, um, and levity, right. About, uh, it's life is difficult. Life is struggle sometimes and pushing through these things getting, getting to a point where you're like, you know, I'm going to do what I, what I want to do. What's, what's birthed out of my heart. It takes, it takes a bit of living to get to that point. It's not easy. Uh, and anybody who says it is, 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 uh, not, not seeing clearly sometimes. And I think like you talk about this idea of you see, you see, you have a perspective on yourself and yet somebody else has a different perspective. We are so we are designed to live in community in an, in an, and, and, and grow with the help and support of other people to chip away those bits that don't belong or to strengthen the bits that do belong and, and have insights from other people and, and, and accept them with grace. Sometimes when somebody says, Hey, you're good at that. And you're like, no, I'm not. It's like, accept it with grace. Maybe they see something you don't, or when they say, Hey, you're a real jackass. And here's why you go, Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that I frown all the time. 
you know, when I'm thinking, maybe I could, you know, maybe I could learn to not be so abrasive. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. And, you know, I think for me, again, it's one of the, you know, one of the gifts of age is that, um, you you know, it before it felt like a big punch in the stomach and now you go, oh, oh I can see another one coming. Well, you know, moving on, moving forward. What, what, I, I, it's that thing about it. whose truth is this? Mm. Is it my truth or is it your truth? And if it's your truth, that's cool, but I'm not going to take it on board. Yeah, totally. And is it, is it possible, you know, from your experience that sometimes your truth leads you into a place that was not, it was not, uh, you weren't meant to stay long. You were, you were meant to go into that dark place and then go, wow, that was not, that I, I needed that, but wow, I'm not staying there. Darkness cannot exist in the presence of light. And my big thing is to find the light. So in the, it doesn't matter how dark the space is that you're in. If you find that light and grow it, because those dark places for me are gifts that are sent for us to find our light and to move on. How do we go about finding our lightness, our light in the dark? My squeeze times were not great when, when I was born. Sorry. My squeeze times were not great when I was going through them, but my squeeze times have changed my life and I am forever grateful for them. Mm. And I think another big, big thing is to forgive. I forgave myself for things that I, I shouldn't have done, but did do and learn from. But you can learn and still punish. You need to stop punishing and take that gift and move on. Yeah, absolutely. The punishment, sitting in the punishment is no good for anybody, particularly for ourselves. And, and I think there's, a, there's I, I believe there is also a point of honoring so I, I think sometimes there's a deflection process that happens when, hey, we, we do something that, you know, we shouldn't have done or whatever, and we deflect and say, well, let's look for something positive. I think sometimes we, I, I've had a tendency to move on too quickly through those moments instead of just like sitting for a moment, honoring the space and go, okay, how does this feel? Let's, let's just sit here for a little bit and, and honor the fact that you, you, you know, you're in a space that you shouldn't be in and, and let's, let's. Let's smell the air and go, yeah, this is, this is the sense of a place you don't want to be anymore. And then, and then say, okay, now where's, where's the wind, where's the wind blowing so I can get out of this cave and, and then get to this, get back to the light. And you, Jason, you used a very interesting word there. You said, sit and ask myself, how does this feel? You're getting into your heart and your gut. If you sit in your mind, a mind for me is like, can be like a candy floss machine. You start with a stick and the more you, the more you run it around your mind, that little piece of sugar ends up like this. And it's going to take you because our mind is there to protect us. So it's not that it's not doing its job but it's making mountains out of molehills. Yeah. I love that analogy uh, of, of the candy floss machine. 
uh, because it's totally true. We, we, we just like spinning thoughts around and all of a sudden what, what was this one little fine particle just becomes big thing. And now it's like, how do I eat this? You know, exactly. like sl slowly for one. When you eat it, you put it in your mouth. But it's also that thing about when you eat it, you put it in, in your mouth and it goes into this terrible, tiny, hard bit of what? Yeah. And you swallow it and it's bad for you. So it's much, it really is that thing about going into your gut. How does this feel for me? Hmm. And it's not also, I think the other thing that we tend to do is we tend to find the mistakes. So again, after this, it's not to sit and say, well, Eugenie, how was that? Well, you could have done this. You should have done this. Why didn't you do? Say, I had a fantastic conversation. Well done. And sit and think back and go back to the feelings that I had while we were having this conversation. Because that for me has yes. been a gift. Yes, totally. I, so the reason I started Coffee with Humans, or a, fu a fundamental premise of Coffee with Humans, and, a fun and it, it just comes out of me, and I, I, I think you'll respect this, is I think that people, humans specifically, have, uh, have three different capacities that nothing else in the world gets. And those three capacities are number one, to name our present reality and name a different future. Absolutely. So we can describe exactly where we're at and exactly where we want to go. We can, we, nothing else gets that. It just sort of exists, does its thing, doesn't question even its own existence. Number two is we can create that reality new every moment that moves us in a new direction. And number three is we can go about destroying things that no longer serve us. And, and, and I, I believe that with those three things, we have the responsibility and authority to be doing that in our own lives. And then in our community, where we have influence to go about working that out with each other, what does that look like? This naming of reality and, and, and creating a new one and, and destroying things that no longer serve us. We have the responsibility and authority to do that and nothing else on the planet gets that. Absolutely. And I think that COVID also is enabling us to form new communities and new tribes. We don't have to go the old way anymore. The connections we, we now have, we have choice. Who do I want to move forward with? Yeah. And I believe we have to be, um, we have the opportunity and I think, and we think we should be uh, careful about that. We, sh we should, we should, like you talked about, you know, I, you know, standing there getting your vaccination and saying, this is not my tribe. Know who your tribe is and be afraid to, don't be afraid to move to that fearlessly because we, if life is short, right? And if you're going to go do something, now's the time. Like the old adage, when's the best time to plant a tree 20 years ago? When's yeah. the next best time today? So go about planting those trees today, if you haven't already, with the people who are there to help you build that forest. And if they're, and if they're coming to there to not help you build, you don't need them. Jettison them off. And it's not, it, and it's not that it's, uh, it's a bad thing to do that. Instead, you're concentrating the value that you believe in your heart you should be, go about creating. And I think that will lead to a more fulfilling life. Uh, I, I love that, Jason. I really do love that. And the other thing I think also for me 
is being aware of the value of time. Mm. And if you, if something or somebody is wasting my time, that for me is not okay. You mm. can bad math me, you can, but my time is my most precious thing. And I am careful where and with whom I spend my time. Have you always been careful with where, with whom you spend your time? I've not been as careful as I am right now. I mean, I would do things because I felt sorry for people or I would do things because I felt I needed to do this in order to get that to hell with it. I don't do that anymore. Wasting my is, time, if you're wasting my time, I'm out of there. How has that, how has that changed how you engage with your world? It's brought, it's brought, it's brought my circle, my, made my circle much smaller, but it's made it a hell of a lot richer. And a wow. hell of a lot easier to be in. Because wow. otherwise we're playing games. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's and and you see that probably more acutely because you're you are looking at uh sort of a finish line coming up. You know, Warren Warren Buffett is now, I don't even know, 90 something or other, you know, one of the one of the most respected investors on the planet. And he just resigned, you know, he's resigned from a bunch of corporate boards. And he and his comment was just recently, he says, I believe he says, I, I know that I've played the fourth quarter and now I'm into overtime. Yeah. And he says, so I'm I'm just like shutting, you know, I'm, I'm not quitting, but I recognize I'm in overtime. And and it may it is it is reduced his scope and concentrated where he wants to spend his value. He says, you know, because that meeting, there's no reason I need to be at those meetings. I add no value. And I, I believe. That if we start that process earlier, where do what's my highest and best use now, and get into that process of thinking about that every day. What's my highest and best use today? Then I think that changes the trajectory. Oh, that's fabulous! I love that. I love that. For me, I don't do anymore. I work with the people who are going to are doing or will be doing, and I will help them to do better. Wow. That's got to be very fulfilling. It's, you know, to me, there is nothing more exciting than when you've got an eagle in a budgie cage and that eagle stretches its wing. You open the door of that cage and the eagle pushes its wing out feather by feather by feather. And to watch that eagle fly, it is, yeah. I mean, again, I've gotten goosebumps and the, the hair on my arms is standing up. It's my best. That is, that is, it's so, um, it's so enriching. I think that's the word I'd use. It's so enriching to hear from your experience today um, because too often what I've found is that sometimes we sit in an echo chamber of our peers uh, and, and, it, and it's great. It's great to reach beyond. Uh, to someone with more experience, uh, who who is who is fine tuned, or is fine continuing to fine tune their life, and then see okay where where does my where does my belief system align with that, and how can I make changes today to uh, to bring myself to that future, uh, rather than you know sitting in some malaise uh, that sometimes we have a tendency to sit in. You know, Jason, I've grown up, I mean, I think, I think um, I've grown up, I mean, I grew up during the days of apartheid 
um, the struggle, all that kind of thing. And, and I live in a country that's very challenged and where a lot of people have, have been hurt really badly. And it is that thing about that I have had privilege. Um, and I, so how can I, I can't change my past. I can't change my history. What I can do is use what I gained from that to help others catch up and grow stronger to themselves. Yes. That's a, um, that's a very challenging in a good way. I think, you know, for me and for our listeners, it, it is, I hesitate to use the word inspiring because I feel like when, when people throw around the word inspiring, it also puts a weight on the individual to be like, well, I must remain inspiring. And, and I don't know that that's what we're looking for out of each other, but the, I, I do believe that you living your life and then exposing your, your, your life to other people in the way that you do professionally. And then obviously right here at Coffee with Humans, um, it, it is an aspirational, it is an aspirational experience that I believe I'm convinced cuts through the noise of life and gets down to the, gets down to the raw character of being humans. And then what are we going to do about it? Once we, once we've heard, you know, the, the, the stories and once we've heard the, the, uh, the principles, we're responsible for them now. So what are you going to do? You know, having listened to your story and I, I so much, I appreciate that so much. And I honor the fact that, um, that you would be here and I'm, I'm super thankful that COVID, uh, opened up this space, (laughs) right? So that you and I could talk. I think even even more than that, Jason, it has been a pleasure. And I think for me, it's the fact that we have so much in common. We both love we both love coffee. I think we both love humans. And I think both you and I endeavor to be the best human we can. Be- yes. I yeah, I see that. I see that in you and I take that um and I accept that from you. So thank you so much. Uh Anything else you want to close out on? We're up, we're up, we're up against our time. And I know I took you over time than, than what I said, but we're having such a great, a great chat here. What, any, anything you want to button up uh, for our viewers and listeners around the world? Um, you know, Jason, again, it's just, it's, it's, it's life is not as heavy as we think it is. How can mm. you lighten your load? What do you need to let go of that doesn't belong to you? Put it down. Journey lightly. Two suitcases. Two suitcases, not everybody else's baggage and other stuff as well. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Well, on that note, two suitcases. Thank you, Eugenie, for being at Coffee with Humans. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Well, to our viewers and listeners around the world, this is Coffee with Humans, uh, where strangers become friends. I met Eugenie about an hour and 10 minutes ago. And through this time, we have gotten to know each other and I think have connected on a level that is deep and meaningful. And I trust that you have experienced that as well. Catch us on YouTube, live streamed on Facebook, LinkedIn, Daily Motion, and more, and also redistributed on Apple and Google Podcasts. We will catch you next time. One of the things I love about Coffee with Humans are the raw conversations I get to have meeting new people just like you. 
If you or someone you know should be on Coffee with Humans, go to coffeewithhumans.com. Remember, the only rule is no sales calls.